I love the smell of new podcast in the in the evening. Actually, you smell that, Devin? I'm smelling it. You smell that? What new are we smelling here? It's new, new podcast smell. It smells like Concord Dawn. Oh, is that what we're talking about today? Concord Dawn, episode one, chapter one, I guess. Well, we're talking about chapter one. We're getting ahead of ourselves. This is Concord Dawn, episode one. I'm a co-host, Steve Carley, with the light of my life, the man of my dreams, Devin Green. Listen, right buddy, here. there's no one I'd rather be hosting a podcast with on the Mandalorian of all things. I mean, Disney's the Mandalorian. Disney Disney's Plus. everything. Disney Plus. Disney's everything, but Disney's the Mandalorian right now. This is episode one. This is a podcast where we talk about the Mandalorian. Each chapter gets an episode. Nothing special. Going through it. Yada, yada. Get us all on our way. Should Def. we kind of also note our specialties? We're like, I'm kind of like the more Star Wars-y guy. I know the lore a little bit better. Whereas you're like the production boy. You just did it. That's, that's it. Yeah. You are the, the lore lord. That's I'm right. the production guy. And you're the production boy. This is kind of the uh, a Blade Job Podcast Network podcast. I'm Go check say. out Blade Job, which I am not affiliated with, Sister but I'm podcast. a friend of the podcast. That's right. Say. You're mentioned many times as a friend of the podcast. Love it. So. Uh, before we even dive into Mandalorian, let, let, let's edge for a minute before we climax. Disney Plus. I'm very close. Disney Plus is now a day old. I, well, I guess now two days old. So two days old. Devin, how is it? It's almost overwhelming. I mean, just to know that everything, Star Wars and Marvel and Disney and The Simpsons is all just there. It's funny because I feel like there's just so much that I almost don't want to tackle it. Uh, my girlfriend, Julia, who is the Disney fan of the apartment, she's, of the show. she's losing her mind over it. And I remember we woke up at six for work and... I immediately downloaded it to my TVs, and it was just like, holy smokes, look at all this stuff that we can just watch anytime. I did the same thing. It's funny. I think I feel like a lot of people probably got it on their like streaming device of you know of choice before we went to work or school. Right. Um, it's, it's funny because, like you said, you've got Star Wars, you've got Marvel, and that includes a lot of like classic TV shows and stuff. You've got Nat Geo, you've got Pixar, and you've got a wealth, like a huge treasure trove of Disney Channel stuff and Disney stuff going all the way back, to, not Song of the South, but around <laughs> right. there. All the way, I think the oldest thing probably is Steamboat Mickey, or Steamboat Willie. Steamboat Willie. Uh, 1928, that year. Um, see, so now, Devin, you were not raised on, like, Disney Channel stuff. As not, was I not. not Disney Channel. It's funny, because I told my mom, like, I don't think we were raised on Disney. She's like, well, yeah, you were. You, we watched all this stuff. So, I guess it's probably ingrained <laughs> in my subconscious somewhere. Okay. But definitely raised on Star Wars. Um, I'm a big fan of Spider-Man, which they've got... The 1995 Spider-Man series. I'm excited to dig into that. No, they soon. have the 81 as well. I don't know if that's a different. I don't know. If, yeah, I'm sure they've they've got a lot on they there. Do have um, that. I wouldn't mind digging into the X-Men series as well. I guess my point is like there's so there's a lot of this that I feel like do does not interest you and me in terms of like the Disney Channel crap. You know, I don't. Right. Like, I feel like for you and me, it's mainly going to be the more adult stuff. Right. I'm not going to be Wars, watching the, Lizzie McGuire and like exactly. Johnny Tsunami and stuff. I didn't really grow up on that, so I don't no. have like the nostalgic in burst. Fact, when I was a young child, I actually was able to delete the channel off of our TV. Wow. True story. I don't know. It's one of those things where it's I like, don't know how you can delete a channel, but you that's could. Cool. It was one of those stupid big box TVs. And you could like physically, because it wasn't like, you know, this was before like Comcast, you know, Xfinity and all that. So I was able to like take that channel and just get rid of it. So it would just skip over it. I don't know why. So you straight up just rejected the Disney channel. <laughs> I, did, I did. Which Perfect. is really dumb because like, you know, it's like, 
I didn't hate it. It was just one of those right. things where I was like, I don't, I'm never going to watch this. So we didn't really have it in my area. So we, we were a Nickelodeon boy. Exactly. We were Nickelodeon Cartoon Network boys. So, but that's not what we're here to talk no. about. We're here to talk about one small part. Um, I imagine we'll be back for a season two. I would like to do a podcast for the Marvel shows as well, but we'll cross that, we'll bridge, cross when we that bridge when we get to Let's the Let's talk lake. Mandalorian. Now, Devin Green, light of my life, partner in crime, man of my dreams. Oh, buddy. We watched episode one, titled Chapter One, which I do love that, by the which way. Which was, I think, my third or fourth viewing. Oh, wow. By this my, point, yeah. We did watch it right before we recorded. You got to just absorb it all, you know? Of course. That was my second time, so you're fourth, third or fourth time. Okay, right. so well, that, that, that's helpful because you'll probably – any any Blade Job listener knows I don't remember anything from the movie that we just watched before we record. Right. As is if our, our, our newest episode. Which is great when you're when that. you're hosting a podcast. You want to just forget all the subject it's matter. It's really helpful when you're when the whole point of, of, of a listener listening to this is to hear things that I immediately forget. So this is why you're here for that one. Uh, chapter one, title of the show. This is the very first live action Disney live action Star Wars show, which is which crazy to think about. Crazy. Sorry to cut you off, no, but no, like, no, hey, by all means. I remember in like maybe the late two thousands, like maybe early two thousand tens, they would kind of hint at the idea of a live action Star Wars show, and even then, I just thought like, how could they do that? It just doesn't. It never seemed like it was possible. But now that you got shows like Game of Thrones and like all the other big budget TV shows, now that TV is really a huge medium uh it i guess it just became popular where you know now that they're spending millions of dollars on an episode you know you can afford to get all these really nice effects you can afford these really nice backgrounds and the costumes and the characters and all that so it's just it's really cool that this is finally something that can come to life see you're right but on the other hand knowing how popular star wars has been for the past what for 50, sure almost 50 years now yeah it is almost on, on the opposite end of the spectrum. You wonder what the hell took them so long. You know, like right. you would think that they would think, okay, you know, even as recently as the force awakens. And that was, you know, or even the, like the prequels, you, you would think, okay, these obviously make gangbusters. You know, we should put this on TV and not just like a cartoon, you know? Right. Um, I but just, then again, the people, the cartoons are, people are a big fan of the cartoons. I so. just feel like maybe it was more recent where TV really stepped up sure. its game with golden age, just of, with you know, budget and everything it's, like it's that. It's prestige television. Right. Game of so, Thrones really kicked that off a lot. Whereas, like, in the early 2000s, it might have been more of a gamble. And, I mean, in 2008, the Clone Wars came out, and George Lucas kind of funded that out of pocket. So, you know, it was there was definitely a budget for it. I just, you know, this just seems like the perfect time for it to come out. Yeah, plus with all the streaming, so, you know, streaming services, I guess that kind of makes sense. And I do, but especially for this podcast, it benefits us greatly that this is a you know, weekly, not a drop it all the whole season. Right, I do like that it. too. It's nice that we're able to talk about it. It's um, nice to know. have something to look forward to, you know? Yeah. I mean, just like, sometimes it kind of sucks to have to stream everything, and you don't have to, but I mean, sure. you know, you're just, it's just kind of If you want to be part of the zeitgeist in the, in the conversation, you need to right. binge it all, because that's what a lot of people do. Um, even though this is kind of like a staggered release uh, for The Mandalorian right now, I know this. we're recording this on the... What's today? Wednesday. The 13th, yeah. The 13th of November. Um, the next episode drops on Friday, so two days. And then I don't know when the next one drops. Right. I don't have that schedule in yeah. front of me, but it's all pretty soon. I think it ends I, I think it, it's, late it's December. More, I think it's more... Um, Bi-weekly. Yeah, more, yeah. more pattern. No, more paternic. I'm making up that word. Sure. Like a pattern after Friday's episode. Um, but let's just dive right, right in. Right, man, it. I'm hungry and only digging into the Mandalorian can solve this <laughs> hunger of mine. So let's, let's just go ahead and do it. Let us whet that appetite. What did you think? 
of episode one. And then it, it, con- uh, kind of a loaded question here. What did you think of episode one? And kind of describe what the actual show is overall. Sure. So it's really great. It just like, it almost feels like it's too good to be true. Um, obviously it wasn't perfect. I mean, there was, you know, some pacing issues here and there, but I mean, obviously it was just a very good show. Um, it kind of feels like just something I've always wanted. Just like a Star Wars, a Star Wars show that has a lot in it. You get lore, you get all these cool alien background characters. It's just, you know, it's just really nice. It's really cool. Um, now, as someone who doesn't watch a lot of the Star Wars TV shows, like what Rebels, Clone Wars, yeah, because you're obviously used to a cartoon. Um, this is a live action, so there's a lot more production value, right? In terms of like what they can do. Obviously, for cartoons, you can have you know you can have a shit ton of happen, and for a live action, it's not it's a lot more grounded, right? And and so- the problem is like. There's a lot of stuff you have to animate, so sometimes things just look stiff. Sometimes the background characters look kind of silly, whereas this, like, everything's moving and breathing and just looks organic because obviously it is. Yeah. Um, it's interesting that this is, what, 36 minutes long? And it goes I, by I really, really quick. I just assumed that it was, like, you know, an hour and ten minute, you know. I mean, right. I'm used to watching, you know, shows like, it doesn't matter, where um, they're an hour long. So when it ended at 36 minutes, right. like, oh, shit. Uh, I, mean, I guess, I guess, let me ask you this, even though you don't know the answer to this question, but are they all going to be like that? Or is it all, have you seen a confirmed, like, I um, don't length? know if there's yeah. a, you know, like a paternic, as you, as you phrase <laughs> a paternic, right. uh, runtime for each episode. I, I wouldn't mind them being a little bit longer, but it's just that's, funny. It's pretty good too. Well, cause usually for the, like the pilot of a, of a series is the longest one around right. there. Usually it's at least like an hour. So it's interesting that, you know, it took me by surprise that it was, uh, you know, only 36 minutes long, but so the Mandalorian, I mean, help me uh, describe what exactly the plot is, uh, at least so, the overall idea of what this is. I mean, we open up on the Mandalorian. He's looking at a tracker. He's on some snowy who planet. Who is a Mandalorian? We don't really know okay, yet. So I mean, we don't know who the specific character is. We know sure. what Mandalorians are, which are just like a race of warriors. And I'm sure someone's going to, if someone who really knew Star Wars lore a lot better than I did, would probably jump down my throat for that because <laughs> I called myself a lore master. And now I'm wow. probably messing it up. But basically, Mandalorians are warriors. and um, But I, we don't know who the Mandalorian himself is yet. Okay. That, you know, I just, I, yeah, we haven't really referenced him. We haven't really seen any backstory yet. Obviously, it's a new show, so sure. we'll probably learn more about him as it goes on. I guess that was kind of my thing, like, because I know, like, Jango Fett and Boba Fett, they're not, are they, what, are they related to this at all, or am I just? I don't, know. I don't okay. believe so. I mean. Okay, that's, which is, that's fine. I, I wouldn't know, be surprised if Boba Fett showed up somewhere. This is no. only five years after Return of the Jedi, and I think it's canon that he makes it out of the Sarlacc pit. Um and just the fact that he's a big name, maybe he'll show up. Maybe not, though. This is why I'm glad you're here. But I am glad. I mean, I'm glad that it's not specifically Boba Fett. Right. Okay. Yeah. It is nice that this is a um, you know, a centered, a self-centered story that right. isn't exactly. I like canon. that it's it's, it's canon, all brand new. It's not dipping into the Skywalker stuff. It's not dipping into Han Solo. It's not you know. It's not. Mm-hmm. Rebels versus the Empire. This is just a bounty hunter making his way in the galaxy. It really is crazy considering how easily they could have just put this canonical, you know, within that the the movie universe that we have known for the past almost fifty right. years. Like, you know, I I I'm glad you know, I, I hope that it's not like, oh, by the way, he's been a Jedi the entire time. That, that'd be <laughs> it's a, possible. Know, like, I just God, I hope not. The problem is 
I think Star Wars itself is interesting enough where we don't need everything to be Jedi. Like, mm-hmm. Solo was a really cool movie, but then Darth Maul shows up at the end, and it's kind of weird. And it's like one of those things where you have to have seen Star Wars Rebels to know that Darth Maul is who he is. And I guess um, the Clone Wars as well, where he also shows up. So, I mean, people who haven't seen those shows would be like, why this is guy, Darth Maul... I'm, I'm pointing to myself right now. Right, why is Darth Maul in here? I thought he died in... Uh, phantom menace but right so yeah I, I i hope that it can uh survive on its own legs without having to be jedi related the show is created by john favreau having a fantastic year financially this year I yeah mean, he, you know director of lion king which did not i never even freaking saw i don't think either of you have seen it either of us have seen i it. haven't seen lion king no or aladdin really but yeah he did lion king made a shit ton gangbusters did not do well critically uh not a huge shock to see that, but wrote, I believe, eight out of the ten episodes of this? Or no, I think it's only eight episodes, right? Yeah, it's really nice, because you can tell that he puts a lot of care and love into this, and you can tell that he's a Star Wars fan, which is really nice. It just confirms that that guy doesn't seem to have any, like, um, niche. He can really do anything. Right. I mean, <laughs> he does, like, Chef, and then he does <laughs> Lion King, he does Iron Man. I'm almost surprised that Chef isn't worked in here somehow, just because it seems like every... <laughs> Like, yeah. everything he does, he references back to Chef. Yeah. I mean, Chef is a damn good movie, It's a good though. movie, yeah. It's a very heartwarming... Makes me want a Cuban all the time. He's just like, back when I was on Chef, so maybe we'll see the Mandalorian eating a Cubano. That would be... That would be interesting. It's, it's so crazy, I could see it happening. It won't, but I could see it happening. So, let's let's kind of go through some plot points here. Sure, sure. Um, we open up on the Mandalorian. He's got some sort of tracker in his hand he's on a snowy planet we don't really know what planet it is which yeah, is fine yeah i mean it seems like a theme of this is you know right know, mystery isn't the right word for it but you so know, obviously he knows what we don't know which i like he's looking for a bounty um he stumbles upon the cantina which once again i just love like cantinas yeah. in the star wars universe you are a societies and lore yeah guy. you like to see life being lived within the universe of this story and then he stumbles upon a bunch of thugs kind of roughhousing his mark that he's looking for and uh, gets into a fight with them. We get that, like that one human. And then we get the, uh, the Quarren, which is like the squid headed dude, which is one of my favorite races in star Wars. Oh, okay. and uh, oh. so, yeah. you know, what, what kind of character, what kind of speeches that guy was? Well, not um, the guy who was played by Horatio Sands from SNL I think it's a Mithril, that's what it's called, the blue guy sure. who ends Is up getting captured. About? Oh, th- I was talking about the Quarren, the guy who gets cut in half by the door. Oh, okay, got it. And that's, that's just nice because it's just a throwback to uh, the types of aliens we've seen in Star Wars before. Sure. Um, I like how we get the knowledge that his steel is super strong, the Beskar steel, which I think is referenced in Knights of the Old Republic as being a good armor, but like, hmm. I like how he takes shots throughout the show and he's ultimately fine. Whereas like stormtroopers, their armor seems to be kind of irrelevant just because they get shot once and they die, they get punched and they're pretty much out. I was wondering about that. Like, yeah, like most characters in all these star Wars movies, they get shot once and they're dead. And I think right. why do you even, why, at one point do stormtroopers think this is not working for us. You know, <laughs> we got to try something else. Yeah. Let's uh, let's maybe consult the Mandalorians because they seem to be doing just fine. Yeah, when they get shot. I, I, if if a character in a Star Wars like property doesn't die with one shot, it's like a surprise. It's like, oh shit, that must be really good. Uh, you know, good armor. Um, side note here because you know, in the typical fashion of my podcast, I like to backtrack all the time. Sure. This is so they've got some, so the talent behind the camera is very very good. 
Uh, I mentioned John Favreau created it. He wrote, I think, every episode. Um, you know, listeners, correct me if I'm wrong. I probably am. But so we've got a nice uh, murderer's row of directors here. The first one being Dave Filoni. Right. Um, anyone who's yeah, give a me super the, Star Wars give me the fan rundown on Dave Filoni would know here. that Dave Filoni, um, showrunner of Rebels, showrunner of Clone Wars. Um, I don't know if he's still running Star Wars Resistance. I haven't really gotten into that show much, but I know that... That's new, isn't it? Yeah, and I know that he's definitely involved with it. But it's really cool to see Dave Filoni being able to direct something live action where he can like physically you know, be immersed in this world as he's directing. I think that's very cool. I think that's you know, a big step for him. And I think he's also one of those people that really loves Star Wars. He really loves the lore. He loves the worlds. He loves the characters and the alien races and all that. So I think it's really handled with care here. So you're a Filoni fan. You're a Filoni head. Um, yeah. I mean, he's definitely done stuff that I don't love. Like in star Wars rebels, there were the inquisitors, which are like the Jedi hunters Mm -hmm. and they had double bladed lightsabers. And I know a lot of people don't like this and they used, um, their lightsabers as like a helicopter where really? they would ra- they it's would actually, raise the lightsabers, it's badass, but it's kind of dumb with this. They would time. raise the lightsabers above their head, and then the lightsabers would spin and like basically take them <laughs> in the air. It was really weird, and okay. so, um, and I don't love the idea that Darth Maul came back, but I think mm-hmm. he made it work out well, and um, it's nice because obviously Rebels in the Clone Wars are more geared toward children, whereas Mandalorian is a little more mature. Sure, but even though they're pretty much children's shows, you get, like, decapitations, and you get a lot of brutal stuff, which is, you know, we see that in The Mandalorian as well, when the Quarren is getting pulled back, and the door cuts him in half. That was really fun. Um, I think I've seen a lot of people wish, they they say, why won't they just give Filoni his own, like, movie or trilogy? Right. I I think that's a fair question to ask, you know? Yeah. It's probably possible he says, no, thank you. You know, it's very possible he long ago has said, don't even bother. But it is interesting, you know? You've got people, I mean, you had Benioff and Weiss from Game of Thrones who had it and then lost it all. Right. Um, So I'm surprised you haven't given it to Filoni. But, you know, maybe he just wants to do his own thing. Or maybe this will lead to that. I'm interested to see what they'll do with the movies. But um, I do love that right now we get the chance to kind of take our time with the Mandalorian where it's a show Mm -hmm. and we get to kind of build up this character a little bit more. We're not, you know, contained to two and a half hours of story, but we get eight episodes of, you know, good content. Like like you said, it's it's just, it it almost seems too good to be true because this is, I mean, I think a lot of people who, who aren't like big Star Wars fans hear of this and they, I'm sure there are a lot, a lot of people are surprised to know that this is the very first live action Star Wars series. Right. Which is, do you, you, you can only assume, and I can only assume that this will not be the last one on Disney+. Plus. Well, I mean, we do have Obi-Wan coming pretty soon. Not, you, su- not you are soon, correct, but, you know, we have it coming that. down the so pipeline. You already answered my question because right. I forgot about that. You're right. Um, so I'll rephrase that. You can assume that these two are not the only ones. <laughs> right. Once after that. I would assume probably not. Did you hear that? Actually, Disney+, Plus, their first day, 10 million subscribers. Didn't know that. Yeah. So that explains a lot of why their servers were down, which again, shouldn't right. be happening anyway, but cause they're freaking Disney and they can afford to have servers that worked can, fine for me. So yeah, I can't really complain when I started to download stuff in the morning, it didn't do well, but it, you know, it's as always, you can just wait a minute and it's fine. People like to complain a lot, but so it's funny how the, uh, the blue, the mithril guy played by Horatio Sands. It's funny how he thinks he's being saved by the thugs in the bar 
And then the Mandalorian's like, no, I'm actually here for you too. Here's the bounty puck. And um, love the bounty puck. Right. Takes him to the speeder, which actually I liked that little guy with the flute. Yeah. Remember who calls a speeder and that's actually a Kubaz. And um, if you remember a new hope, there's that hooded character, Garandan, who like essentially he snitches on the fact that the droids that they're looking for is in fact in Tatooine and like close by. So he's the one that goes to the empire and snitches. Hmm. And then as they're leaving the millennium Falcon, they get shot upon by the stormtroopers, but they make it out. They, they're fine. They were okay. Oh, I'm so glad to hear that. <laughs> um, see, I'm, again, I'm glad to hear. I did not know so, that. Yeah, you know, because um, of course you ask, you say, if you remember from the, the new hope, of course I don't, Obviously right. I don't. So I'm glad Which you're here. Not a lot of people would. Cause a lot of people don't spend as much time thinking about that stuff as I would. But I, I do love that little flute that he plays to call the speeders. And then you get the one with the astromech droid in there. And the Mandalorian's like, no, I don't really like droids. He didn't say it as polite as that. He was like, hey, no droids. Um, which I think is an allusion to the fact that his parents, I think, were killed in the Clone Wars era. Which probably were killed by battle droids as we see in the trailers. We didn't really get a good look at them in the flashback. So I'm hoping that somewhere down the line we see a better view of that skirmish that happens where he's orphaned and uh be cool to see some clones in there too yeah i was in it yeah that makes sense um side note uh the music from this so right there there is a fantastic i'm not prepared to call it a musical motif yet for him but when he enters the um the it's not a saloon it's not a good word for it. saloon right it's what the cantina it? the cantina, bar I, mean, yeah, I don't know if cantinas are just what bars are in star wars but i, I, I think enough. back to uh the moss eisley cantina sure exactly so when he walks in the cantina you get a great you know kind of musical motif uh this is composed by ludwig Göransson, who did the, the 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 score for black panther Right. So when you, if you've seen Black Panther and you recognize that score from Black Panther, when you watch The Mandalorian, it may, it fits. It makes right. sense. You think, okay, it's this, like this guy clearly did both. I sure. like The Mandalorian's music because it's like almost like tribal and like western. It it's tribal. It's a western. really it's cool different. mix. It's different. It's it sounds Star Warsy, but it's very different right. from what you. It's not as orchestral as Star Wars. Sure, which is fine. Because see the orchestral for the right. movies. Exactly. That's right. It's this not John Williams, movies. but I I think uh, Ludwig's doing a very good job. So <laughs> I liked this how the uh, the Kubaz guy calls in the other speeder, and it's like this junky speeder. But the speeder pilot, the speeder driver, is played by Brian Pusain, the comedian who is a big Star Wars fan. So that was cool to see him in there, and he had a really nice tweet about that. How you know just happy he was to be in it. His short-lived, unfortunately, experience. Oh yeah, yeah. Because basically, they kind of threat. They, he warns, like, stay off the ice because they're being picked up in an ice area. That's all I get. The best way I can. Explain. Once again, I just I love like scary Star Wars monsters. Yeah, and there's always uh, there seems to be an abundance of them. So of course he uh, Brian Pesains. We know his character's name. No, I don't think he's got one. I, I think, think it's just a one-off is, character yeah. who just gets Fair killed. Enough. I'm sure he'll get his own TV show down the line. <laughs> there you go. So the Game of Thrones guys are going to do right. Um, yeah, so he basically drops them off at his big ship and he's got parked. The Razor Crest. The Razor Crest. Amazing name. Razor Crest. But the whole point is that he takes off after he drops them off and then the creature of the you know, aforementioned, you know, uh, tr- what's dangers of the ice takes him. Um, I, I know they mentioned the monster's name. I forgot what it was. It was some kind of creature. It, was like a, it looked like a serpenty walrus type thing. It's great. But it was very cool. And it looks great because it's obviously the budget for this show is extremely high. We, I, don't, I don't know the exact numbers. 
in um, the millions. It's well, I think it might be about <laughs> in the 10 thousands million. at least. I think it's a million, ten million each. Don't quote me on that. Never quote anything on me that I say. I know but it's I, at least ten grand per episode. It's got to be at least ten thousand dollars. Forty-five dollars and thirty-six cents per episode for sure. Now here's what I like, which finally addresses the thing we've all been waiting for. How do they poop in Star Wars? Because <laughs> we finally see a toilet in Star Wars, and it's like that weird, like angled toilet. I just like to imagine the Mandalorian just hunched over there after a nice bounty. Do you think they have bidets? Probably not. I guess it depends on the ship. If it's like a really nice ship, they probably have a bidet. Another Easter egg that was kind of fun is uh, the blue character. Once again, I don't really know his name yet. He hasn't. They haven't really. I'm sure he'll get his own backstory and will have a rich life all up until this moment that he was frozen in carbonite. But uh, he mentions Life Day, which is something they're celebrating in the Star Wars holiday special from 1978, which is not on Disney Plus, <laughs> which is not on Disney Plus. But it's uh, it's kind of a train wreck, but it was cool that they showed uh, it's like the first appearance from Boba Fett, that animated little special within the special. So, I, okay, so let's stop you right there. Sure. That's good to know. I, I wasn't sure if the Christmas special was all animated, so you're answering my question that I had. No, I though. It's not all animated. So that's so, it. So a part right. of it is. Okay, because I've seen like a brief clip of it recently, and it's it was weird. animated. And I was like, oh, I didn't, know it was, it was, I didn't know it was animated. And you're saying that only part of it was. There's full-on Wookiee conversations, and none of it's subtitled. So you just hear Wookiees having conversations. It's oh, like great. Chewbacca's family. And it's just like, well, they're saying horribly racist they're, things. They're very, yeah, it's it's not stuff we can repeat on this channel. So we're just going to drop that. And uh, they have been canceled on Twitter, yeah. I believe. Oh, they're canceled. They're canceled as hell. It's unfortunate, so, but, you know. Um, yeah, so he's tooling around. He's like, hey, I got to go pee or I got to go like molt. And so he's in like <laughs> the uh, the sub compartment. And that's, that's the guy, uh, the, the Mark played by Horatio Sands. And, um, you know, he's like looking at the weapons. And first of all, I would never look at a guy in Mandalorian armor and think like, that's somebody who I can challenge and somebody I can take on. Um, yeah. So fantastic design character design armor. <laughs> you just, you, you know, from the start, that the Mandalorian's onto his tricks. Cause he's like, I gotta go shit. And then he's like, all right, go ahead. And so, um, you know, he's like, Oh, this feels so much better. Oh, I can't wait to get back to my family for life day. And then the Mandalorian's behind him, freezes him in carbonite, which is a cool reference Love to uh, Empire Strikes Back. And it's Love cool it. that he uses carbon freezing on his bounties. And then that's like the whole, like, I can bring you in warm or cold type thing. Well, now he's frozen in carbonite. I wonder how expensive it is to like to freeze people in carbonite. Is that something that you can just like do willy nilly? It looks like you just kind of like hang out in like a steam chamber and then it just... You're frozen. I wouldn't mind being frozen in current just for like a minute, you know, just for like a minute and a half. Then right. freeze me. I want to. Can you be unfro? I guess you obviously you can because Han Solo was unfrozen. Yes. So I guess you it can. is. It he's is cool you. though that like he's going down. And he just sees all the bounties that have been frozen. Mm -hmm. and he's like, oh, oh, he's probably next. Reminds you of, of Monsters Inc. with all the doors. Right. And so the Razor Crest lands on another planet. I don't. I don't know if we know the name. We might eventually. Because th this, this show is a, you could call it like a Western. You know? Right. And I think a lot of the theme of a Western is kind of like the man with no name. So it's not a shock that a lot of characters are just not named. You don't need right. to know about them. Are they important? They're important for that particular scene. And then they're gone. Fair enough. And, uh, you know, me liking specific planets and stuff. I wouldn't mind if they kind of did what they did in Rogue One, which is like, just give us like a brief name of the planet as they're going mm -hmm. there. But it's fine that they're not. Um, so far. So that's, that's where we meet. 
Griff Karga, Grief Karga, who was played by Carl Weathers, who was great casting for this show. Yeah. Carl Weathers, we obviously know from the Rocky movies. We know from Predator. We know from Arrested Development, if you want to get that way. Um, so it's cool to see what he's going to become. It sounds like he's kind of the one giving bounties to the Mandalorian. Or at least one character who gives him right. bounties, you know? Yeah. And so that's where he's offloading all the bounties that he's frozen. Uh, it'd be cool to know why he's doing it, but also we just can kind of just accept that he's a bounty hunter and he's just doing yeah, his job. I'm sure. Don't forget we got seven more episodes. Right. This, which is so great. another, you know, just another chance to be in a Star Wars bar with all these different creatures. <laughs> um, some of the things we see, we see quote, uh, we see Rodians, we see Trandoshans, who you see all throughout the Star Wars. There's something one who was enslaved, not really enslaved, but in, in the cage. No, no, we'll get to him. Okay. The, uh... All right. This is why you're here. I'm, glad, <laughs> right. I'm really glad you're here. No, like, um, Rodians, we know, like, uh, Greedo from A Joker. New Hope. That helps. That's kind of, you know, uh, the Trandoshans, Bosk is a Trandoshan, and okay. we see, you know, a couple of them lurking in the shadows, and I think they're going to be in further episodes. We see, remember uh, who he's fighting in the trailers, those two guys. Those are Trandoshans, which are one of my favorites. Like they're like the reptilian type dudes. Um, you do like your reptiles. It makes but sense. obviously nice. we we do get like a shot of them where they're kind of snarling. So obviously they're gonna show up and maybe uh, challenge the Mandalorian. Bring your microphone a little bit closer. Oh, there hello. We go. But yeah, okay. So that's good to know. Um, so where are we now in the plot? Just to keep me. So basically, this here. is where Griff Karga is like, "Hey, I know somebody who can." <sighs> get you a bounty that's right and who is that that character so on imdb he's just known at the, known as the client oh, um which is like, oh, i don't okay. know i like that i like the fact that he's wearing that imperial medallion on him it's got I, the emblem on I it meant to so ask you about that i mean you know obviously this is just episode one so we don't know what his role is so obviously it's some he was involved with the imperial somehow um let and, me stop uh, you right there for who's, a second. Who's that played by, Steve? Why don't you go ahead and enlighten us? Werner Herzog, baby. Director of such movies as Aguirre the Wrath of God, uh, Fitzcarraldo, uh, many many different um, documentaries, Into the Abyss, Cave of Forgotten Dreams, uh, among many other things, has been around since the 60s. Was it a big shock to you when he was cast? It was a big shock, because simply because he's just he doesn't act much. It's very selective... He's not, he's not really an actor, you know, he just, he's a director. And, and so would you not expect him to pick something so high profile as Star Wars? Yeah, it's a shock because it's like, does he, is he a fan? I mean, he's the kind of guy who, he's this legendary, you know, Hollywood figure, not hot, well, yeah, I guess damn right, Hollywood figure. Um, he's been around for a lot longer than you and I have. <laughs> um, so it's just crazy that when they announced that he was doing a character, I'm like, okay, he must be a fan of, you know, a lot of these weirdo, these weird kind of eclectic um, you know, artists can be fans of pop culture, weird pop culture stuff. So I love that. But I wanted to say, it's, 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 as far as I know, this is the first time that you can say like, Hey, we, we watched this, this episode, we don't, we don't know what's, what's happening yet, but we'll right. know soon. Normally when you're talking about reviewing a Star Wars property, you, know, you get the whole story. Right. Minus the idea of the trilogy, sure. But So it is nice to it's, it's nice. It's be so unknown still. Yeah, it's just um, a nice little, you know. So the Mandalorian enters that little 
house that they're in. It's sure. not, not a house, but that building. And sure. then you get that uh, that robotic eye that's from Jabba's palace to kind of look at him, lets okay. him in. And then uh, you see all those like really weathered and dor- dirty stormtroopers in there who are, I assume, security if they're hanging out with that guy. So really, interest- really interested to see the uh, the Imperial connection with him. And then Dr. Pershing comes out, which once again, new character. And mm-hmm. that's when we get the standoff sort of thing where the Mandalorian gets spooked. And we get like the whole Mexican standoff. We can call it like a Tatooine standoff. Sure. We can call it a. Uh, we can call it a Felution standoff if you want. Sure. I don't Let's know. Let's do it. Let's but, do it. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. So one thing that's been pointed out online is that the Doctor has a Kaminoan, like a cloning symbol on his uniform. So obviously he's got interest in the mark because. Werner Herzog's character was like, he can be alive or dead. And he's like, whoa, 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 hang on. Let's, let's bring him in alive. It's funny. Cause I missed that part. That, that, that line of him right. saying, let's bring that. That's it. I'm glad I've seen it twice and I missed it both times. Again, I'm glad you're here. I mean, you know, I'm paraphrasing here, but well, still yeah. the idea of it. I so it's beat. obviously the bounty thereafter is very important to him in particular. And once again, I'm very excited to see what his role will be as yeah. well. Because he's kind of like you can assume he's it's kind interesting of like a character lackey. design. It is, and you can assume that he's kind of like a a lackey to uh, the client. Great right, name, great name, kicks ass. Um, and that's also the great the great line where all the stormtroopers, we got you four to one, and he goes, "I like those odds. I like those odds." <laughs> Damn right. So so badass. Oh. After he's leaving, we get that fun shot of the Kowaki and monkey lizard. We've seen them in Return of the Jedi, Salacious B. Crumb at Jabba's palace. The guy with the really obnoxious laugh. I'm not going to do it on the podcast. Don't worry about it. I know we've all been hoping for it. Um, and that's when he goes to his little like Mandalorian underworld type thing. Love that. This is a good scene. Yeah. So I mean, this is basically his kind of. I mean, what would you call it? Would you call it kind of, not like an initiation, but it's like the idea of him rising in rank. Right. Well, maybe not seems... like official, like for maybe not that jump, but the idea is he's gaining a piece of armor for himself. It kind of seems like it's like everybody's got to kind of contribute. Okay. That's what it seems like to me. That's that makes just sense. based off what I saw where he's, um, so he kind of gives, so at, at this point we meet another Mandalorian, right? We see quite a few of them down there, but we get the armorer and, uh, I love that. She's just kind of in there tooling around. And then I love the scene where he, has that little block of Beskar steel and then it melts down mm-hmm. and she gives him the new pauldron. She's so he forges a piece of right. his armor. So I think that's really cool. And it's really like medieval and it kind of brings more of a fantasy element to star Wars, which is a fantasy, but yeah. you know, it's just cool to merge that. And, uh, I love the idea that, you know, as the show progresses, his armor might change and he might get new pieces it's almost like an RPG element to it. <laughs> it is really, it really is. I, I mean, cause that's that. what you would do in Knights of the Republic. You'd get new armor. You wouldn't, it wouldn't be as, you know, ceremonial, right? It wouldn't yeah. be as detailed as that. You would just get new armor, but it is cool. So, so just so to help me, to help me um, piece it together. So he obtains the, the piece of steel. Well, cause remember the, the client was like best car steel. Glad it's in the hands of a Mandalorian again. Okay. So, I guess I'm trying. I, I was confused as to how, why he was given that. Was it a a a payment of sorts? I think yeah. Okay. That's kind of what I figured. So he's he's given that as payment. And you so can I assume think, that he's looking for that himself. I think the Empire might have hoarded Best Castile at one point because it does have the Imperial symbol on it. That's why you're here. See, you're connecting dots for me, and I love it. And then he uses that. He brings it to the right. Mandalorian forger. I guess you could. Because if you I know. if 
I believe the client even says like there's more in it where that came from. Once oh, again, paraphrasing. See? We were too busy having a great time That's watching true. together. I wasn't even paying attention. Just too excited. Um, so yeah, it's cool that he's able to take that steel. He's you know, a token of sorts. What'd you it, think of that? The armorer. What'd you think of her it's armor? Fantastic. She's got the nice fur, kind of a cape fur. The fur. It was like draped over her shoulders. Very I liked good. the whole like. It was almost like a copper helmet. That mm-hmm. was really cool. It looked more medieval than right. His. Um, and I'll say it, it's cool that there are female Mandalorians and right. Well, it's cool. there is, there are female Mandalorians in the Clone Wars and in Rebels. We get like Sabine Wren and we get, uh, as someone who didn't watch those shows, it's cool to see that there is a female Mandalorian. <laughs> right. Um, you know, it, my, my interest is more of like, well, I'm interested in seeing the kind of like the hierarchy, like is, is right. that Forger seen as like higher than him right. or lower um, I hope they kind of mesh more with the dynamic. And to see of them spaces. in action will be really cool. Yeah, exactly. I want to see her armor and all that more too. Um, so yeah, let's move on from that. So we, she, he gets a new piece of the armor, which you can assume gets is the pauldron, the shoulder pauldron. Yeah, and pauldron. then he okay. yes. goes to a new planet, which I can only assume is Tatooine, because I think it has been established that Tatooine is in the show. Okay, so I didn't know that. Um, so that's good. Once again, that's just me assuming it's a desert planet. Those are kind of yeah, more common in Star Wars these days. Like, got Jakku. I don't think it's on Jakku. Once no, again, I'm going not. for Tatooine, um, where you know he's looking out, and then the Blurg fights him. Oh yeah, boy. And those are <laughs> those are kind of an interesting mix. They almost look like a T Rex head and a tail, but no body. And so it's kind yeah, of cool. Like smushed. Together. It's cool to see the Mandalorian not just you know come out on top. In every scenario, he was he doing pretty badly. Works. Yeah, I mean, this scene, this whole scene that, we, that we're going to get into real quick here is kind of a, this is one of those scenes where we, I think the pacing kind of slows down a bit. It doesn't really need to be there. Um, basically, uh, the Mandalorian is, I mean, he, he's not hunting them, is he? He's basically just. I don't believe so. No, I, I think, think he, so. it, it almost just seemed like he was. He's just kind of looking around, right? And he sees them, and then one charges at him because he's there off. for the bounty. He's yeah. there, you know. He's got to get there carefully. Um, yeah. So he, you know, he is, is attacked by the what's the name of them? The uh, the blurg. 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 So he's attacked by a blurg. He's saved by a creature. Help me explain this one. This is a, it's voiced by Nick Nolte. That's, that's so okay. Um, I think it's pronounced Quill. Quill. I forget what it was in the show. Um, okay. He is an Ugnaught species. They, is that mentioned in the show, or is this from your lore? No, no. So they're they're shown that species in particular is shown in the Empire Strikes Back. It's sure. in the Cloud City incinerator scene where uh, C three PO had been blasted away, and so they were going to throw him in the incinerator. That's when Chewbacca is trying to get his head back, and they're kind of passing it. Or you know, they're playing like monkey in the middle, mm-hmm. Wookie in the middle, I guess you could say. Nice. Um, so, but in this particular show, they don't mention that. You I mean, they don't that. say, "Oh, okay. there's." Quill the Ugnaught, right. but I'm I just, just okay. you recognize the species, you recognize the I'm race. I'm making sure that I didn't miss it myself. Right. So, okay, got it. Again, and that's just that's just my right nerdy knowledge. Love it. Yeah. That's why you're here, man. I love it. That's right. Um, And then there's like the scene where he's got to tame the Blurgs. This is the scene that probably could have been cut. The idea is that he needs to get across this terrain that apparently, according to um, the character that he meets, played by Nick Nolte, well, voiced by Nick Nolte. Right. We, we don't know the, I'm sorry, say the name again. The Ugnaught? Quill, Quill the Ugnaught. That's what Quill the Ugnaught. That's, yeah. um, according to Quill the Ugnaught, you you need to, to be writing a blurg to get across. Um, he has spoken. He has spoken. <laughs> that's his new thing. That's his right. thing. Um, do I agree with that one, seeing how they get across? No, but whatever. Um, he trains, he is the uh, 
the Ugnaught Quill. I can yeah. bad at remembering the name. Quill, you know, spends a minute to kind of help the Mandalorian cha- tra- uh, train one of these Blurgs. Because so he, he does have a respect it. for Mandalorians. Yeah. He, I like how they're like, you know, is it true you guys don't take your helmets off? Uh, and that's just kind of like a... Exactly. I know, just like a nice little... He himself is a cool character, Quill, the Ugnaught. Yeah. Um, the scene of him training a Blurg to ride across the terrain is not It was great. not really necessary. Because it didn't, necessary. like... He kind of just does it pretty easily. Yeah, it comes very naturally. I mean, it's just like, okay, it's like, you got to train him. Okay, you trained him, let's go. Yeah, so we can kind of... I mean, that's pretty much... He trains it, and then they're on their way. So this brings him to... So it brings us to that little fortress, which is really cool. It's... um. It's surrounded by a bunch of Nikto mercenaries. And Nikto is just like a... It's a type of species you see at Jabba's Palace. Which, again, is just great for me, who just loves all the Star Wars lore yeah, species. Yeah, I, I can't believe how much, like, you don't know if you don't know all this stuff already. Well, you know? I guess... It doesn't matter, because you don't need to know, like, the exact name of it. But um, this is why, as I keep saying over right. and over again, I'm glad you're here. It's good to know that we have some insight. And this here. might be where people turn off the podcast, if they're still listening. Um, I like the new trilogy... I like the sequels. <laughs> yeah. One of All my right. well, that's the last of our podcast. Thanks. <laughs> One a lot. of my major gripes, though, is that they haven't really put a lot of species in there that we knew, and I'm fine with them coming up with new character designs and new creatures. But I still want to see the old ones too because they're Star Wars. Like that's how you yeah. know you're watching a Star Wars movie, to me at least. Here you got Porgs. Right. Um. So it's nice to see all these familiar alien species again. That you know, I just mm-hmm. I've. It's been ingrained in my head you over know the about. years. That's, yeah, yeah, that's nice. <laughs> so this is the climax of the episode. It's the best part. That's when we see IG Eleven, uh, voiced by Taika Waititi. Yeah. So basically, he's using his um, you know, Star Wars style binoculars. Whatever. Right. Which I do like too, because it's it like cool. it's very just like grainy. It and seems old fashioned. Right? Yeah. Which you know, obviously, back in 1977 when they made Star Wars, that's like probably the best they could do. It's cool. That and that I'm kind glad hasn't changed. I'm glad the consistency is there. Yeah. So. And he sees IG11. IG11. Instagram11. Uh, <laughs> That's right. Instagram11 is walking, and this is an, an, a droid. It has this fantastic 360-degree design where layers of his body can turn in all directions. I love IG11 a lot in this. Um, obviously, if you've seen Empire Strikes Back, IG88 is another assassin droid, another bounty hunter droid. Um, but you never really get to see him in a live action doing cool stuff like IG-11. And I love how IG-11, he's just so robotic. Like, I mean, obviously droids are robots, but like by design, he's just like, it's like almost like if you did the robot dance, he's just like jolting around. I just love how, I love how lawful he is where he's just like, you know, I'm here to take this bounty and he's just, yeah. Right. Nothing can get in my way talking about like the bounty hunter code and stuff and all that and so <laughs> which is funny because then you, you contrast that to uh to the mandalorian who is obviously a lawful character but he's more deeply flawed being human so he can kind of be you know, wishy-washy with this guy's completely lawful good right i'm here to do the job and the mandalorians you know the, his, his of course his job is the same as the mandalorians so right. he kind of got that dichotomy where it's like you know, they both of them are thinking, well, one of us has to get this because one of us wants that bounty. I almost wish that that scene hadn't been in any trailers of IG-11 sure. making quick work of all the mercenaries. 
Yeah, it's a good scene just because, because he just obliterates all like, these that would troopers. Have, to me, at least, just loving the Star Wars bounty hunters, that would have been almost like seeing Vader in Rogue One, <laughs> which is like, it's just so much fun to watch this shootout. It almost reminds me of Rogue One again when they have the shootout on Jedha mm-hmm. when, uh, you know, all of the, like, the rebel mercenaries are shooting the stormtroopers. I don't know. But anyway, it's it's um, the Mandalorian comes and gets shot by IG-11. Once again, he's like fine because his armor can yeah. deflect that. And then every other character gets shot once and is toast. And this, this is kind of like a, it's a scene where I realized that we're going to hear a lot of the Mandalorian. I thought that maybe he would have been a little more silent. Mm-hmm. Like I thought he would have kind of like said cool lines every now and then, but mostly yeah. been silent. And so he's like, you get to see his personality come out a little bit here. And he, you see that he is a flawed character, right. you know, which is good. We're going to see a lot more of that going yeah, forward. Yeah, so the shootout's a lot of fun to watch. It's fun to see both of them kind of just make easy work of these thugs. Well, they almost didn't until they were able to, you know, at one point they bring in a, what do you call that it? That, like, like a, Gatlin a, gun. It's a that Gatling like, laser gun. So right. Good. So cool. So damn cool. And um, it's just, uh, I like the whole, like, you know, I must self-destruct. Yeah, Instagram 11 keeps saying, you know, that he can't be captured. He's, you know, his rule, his, his orders were to not. Well, that's his programming too. That's that's what's funny because he is a droid. He's a droid. I've I've been programmed. If I cannot be captured, if I'm captured, I have to self-destruct. While at one point they feel trapped and he's like, all right, I got to (laughs) self-destruct. And then Mandalorian's like, like, well, hold on, you know, right. You're more, you know, you're more, you know, um, yeah. What's the word? Uh, you are more direct and, uh, and, um, and analytical, you know, you think that as soon as we get trapped, I got to explode. I think I have hope, you know, I have hope inside. I hope we can get that. We can get out of this situation without, you know, comic. Well, it's just not the end all be all. Exactly. And yeah. I've always wondered about IG 88 and I guess now IG 11, like what do they do with that bounty money? Like what do they spend it on? They'd I probably mean, give it to somebody else if it was above them. I don't know. I just like, does he it? have like a house? Does he have his, his family? Yeah. That's always been weird. That's um, episode four. We'll, we'll, it's all about that. So the Mandalorian gets control of the Gatling gun. He shoots Lays his... Lays waste. <laughs> he shoots his, like, rope out oh, of his gauntlet. It. Very nice. Gets the Gatling gun. We weren't surprised. No. Um, <laughs> Our guy always comes out on top. <laughs> Let's see. Always comes out on top. <laughs> and then they blast through the doors to get into where the bounty is. And there's one more guy in there. They shoot him. And then, because well, because again, this is a western, so you've got that nice quick draw. Right. The Mandalorian is quick on the gun. You can pull out of the holster and shoot the guy, holster it back before you can blink an eye. Fantastic work. Just great, like, great just talking about it, it's just so exciting that we get more of this. It's I not know, just like because it almost felt like we waited so long for it. It almost feels like a one-off thing, mm-hmm. like a movie. But no, it's like in two days we get more of it, and then. <laughs> The next week, we I get really more of do it. wonder, like, how long these episodes are all going to be. Like, is I know. It, are they going to keep it this kind of length, or is would, it going to be different each episode? I would love that HBO style Game of Thrones hour, yeah. but I mean, yeah. I'll, we'll take what we can get. It just it goes by so quick. Well, I, I just finished recently, recently ish, finished watching um, Amazon's Too Old to Die Young from sure. Griffin, and that, you have an episode that's an hour and a half. You have like the the, the finale is a half hour long, there and then go. the episode before that's like an hour and a half. Okay, and then you have an hour, so it's yeah. weird. Um, I kind of, you know, I, I would like longer episodes of The Mandalorian. I'm there we go. That, but the fact that we're getting any episodes at all is a miracle. Fantastic. So we finally get to the bounty, and it's like in this weird floating ball type thing. It's like a weird... Before you go any further, sure. I, we should mention this up top. This is a spoiler 
podcast. <laughs> yeah, you've I, seen. We you, you you can assume. We can assume that you've seen the episode. Right. You know what's going on? Maybe they didn't need to be said, but you this know. is recapping. We're talking about what we liked. We're talking about sort of like the behind the scenes stuff with production. Yeah. We're talking about the Mandalorian. So yeah, this is all spoilers. So assume. if you haven't seen it, and we've. I mean, by God now, first, first of all, if, God help you. If you haven't all, seen it by now, I mean, we've pretty much spoiled the whole thing up until now. There's not yeah. a lot to spoil. There's 36 minutes of this show. But so. the uh, continue. The ball opens up, and you, well, yeah, they go into into the I'm going to call it a garage, you know, into the building, and then you've got dusty area, and then they find what you can assume is what they were looking for. Well, yeah, that's what the the tracker is beeping at. I'm glad you said that. That's, so, that's a good connection to make. It opens up and we see a baby of Yoda species, which is pretty bizarre. I um, love it, Because they did mention earlier it's a 50-year-old. So, obviously, you're expecting an older man. Funny enough, I thought it was going to be Quill, who was like the bounty all along. Uh, um, I mean, it wasn't like I wasn't putting money on it, but I was like, oh, maybe it's him. Um, hmm. So, no, we see like a baby Yoda and... He's like, I thought it was a 50-year-old, and IG-11's like, well, species age differently, which, mm-hmm. you know, Yoda, when he dies at the end of Return of the Jedi, spoiler alerts. <laughs> Wait, what? Uh, <laughs> he's like 900 years old. So, Same. obviously, like, 50 years old in Yoda's species is sure. nothing. He's a baby. It's funny, because at first when I watched it, I was like, oh, I don't know if I want them to go into what Yoda's species is. I kind of like the mystery behind it. So... Well, it's very possible that in the next episode, they fork him over, and that's it. You never see it again. I mean... I think there's going to be more to it. Obviously, if uh, if the doctor wants him so Good badly, point. he wants him alive. He needs him alive, and he's got the cloning symbol on his pauldron. He's got the he's got the symbol of the cloning the Camino clone, cloning facilities on him. Um, Interesting. Yeah, obviously, there's something more to it. I don't think it's going to be like okay, here's a baby of Yoda species. Goodbye. It would be interesting if that was the case. If like, so, that's it, you know. IG Eleven goes to shoot him, and then IG Eleven gets shot in the head. I really hope that we bring him back. I think he's supposed to be back. I think it's been referenced that he will be well, back. He's shot in the head. I mean, he his his orders are to kill right. this creature, so he's got the gun on him, and then he then you know in a, in a really cool shot. The shot is on the Mandalorian's face as you see the as you hear right. the gunshot. So you assume that he shot the baby Yoda, yeah. um, and then. You know, it turns out that he himself, the Mandalorian, shot Instagram Eleven in the head um, to say, "Listen, you know, our pl- my plans have changed." I don't know if this is the Mandalorian saying, "I I feel for this baby, so we're gonna keep it alive," or if he's like, "Listen, I want the bounty now." Like instead of splitting it, I think it could be both. I think right, it'd be a little bit of both. You know? So I'm interested to see where they'll go with that. Obviously, yeah, because then the episode ends on this fantastic shot of the Mandalorian sticking his finger out to the Baby Yoda, baby and then you look and you can see. And once again, it's not Baby Yoda, but it is right. one just, of Yoda's species. A baby, yeah, you're right. I shouldn't be saying Baby Yoda, Baby Yoda species, which um, we have we have seen another one of Yoda species. Um, there's another Jedi called Yaddle. Funny enough, in the okay. prequels in the All Jedi right. Temple, um, so we do see that. But you know, it's it's weird to see a baby of Yoda species, and we don't. You know, what it's I'm exciting, saying is, man. It's what I'm saying is, like, if you go to a cantina, you don't see. Yoda species hanging around. Oh, so okay. yeah. there's a mystery behind it. I don't know if they're all capable with the force or the force sensitive. 
I guess we will find we're out. We're going to find out. Yeah, we're going to find theory. out what they want with this Baby Yoda. Because there's way more of this. Right. Very exciting. And um, then it ends. Um, I really liked the end credits, how they have, like, that, like, stylized artwork of the Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just felt very, like, vintage sci-fi. It was very cool. So it should be note that they're in that season two is in production right, right now. So John Favreau posted that picture of the Mandalorian's helmet exactly. and he's like, hello from season two, which is very cool. Um, I think, I, I mean, I guess obviously they greenlit a sequel or a sequel. They're greenlit. Well, yeah, a sequel to season one, season two, right. Um, before season one, uh, aired, which funny enough also happened to the Witcher series on Netflix. Mm. Uh, today they greenlit season two, which there is cool. There you go. Um, so we're going to see more of this. Um, I wonder how long they're going to take that. I don't know if they're going to stop at two. I mean, obviously that's way ahead of us. Right I now, guess but... just as long as the story's good and it's, yeah. I mean, this is, this is five years after return of the Jedi. So we've got quite a bit to go until the force awakens timeline. Cause that's about 30 years after return of the Jedi. See, I didn't know that. So, okay. you know, there's, there's a lot of story to tell. And I mean, I don't think it's going to go 30 years Sure. In Star Wars, but you know, there's there's quite a bit they can do with it. And guess what? We're gonna be here for each of those episodes That's right. doing this right here. <laughs> like for better or for worse. For better like or, it or for not. worse. We're gonna grow old in your guys' ears. So with that, I think we can wrap this up. We're this is gonna be a short series for each episode. Um we'll in theory we'll come back for season two. Um, but hey, that's episode. That's chapter. I one. guess I'll I'll give a quick shout out before before we end yeah, the episode. Um do that. With the uh, the toy photography community, I tried to get a hashtag going, hashtag Concord Dawn Pod, just so people could post their cool toy photos. Uh, I'm, I don't know if you guys know this, but like, there's a toy photography community on Instagram where people take really cool pictures of their action figures doing really cool action figure stuff. And it looks like it's really cool. It looks real and it looks, you know, people do a lot of cool stuff with it. And don't forget to mention that you are a part of this. I, you are very good at it. I am in that. Follow the mighty well. empire on Instagram. Because That's my right. Man's if you want to see, good. if you want to see me nerd out, I haven't been as active as I'd like to, but anyway, I tried to get a hashtag going. Nobody really, <laughs> nobody <laughs> no really followed suit it. except for yeah. one guy. He reached out. It's Samarelli underscore studios, Samarelli studios on Instagram. Okay. Once again, that's Samarelli underscore studios go check him out he was nice enough to do a hashtag and uh, showcase some of yeah. his work so go so check we, him out we hope to get more of that as the show and goes for, on but for anyone else who's listening in that community you're dead to me yeah don't, don't reach out to <laughs> don't, me don't ever again bother. don't even listen to this podcast no please do please do um, tell your friends but i guess with that failed hashtag this probably won't be an ongoing thing yeah. which is fine we'll just cut Five minutes of the episode. <laughs> Every everything about this show will evolve as we go on. You know, right. this is our first episode, episode one, recapping chapter one. We'll be back for chapter two, very soon. Very soon. It's uh on Friday. So all right, and um, if you like this, check out Blade Job Podcast. That's Blade, where Love B-L-A-D-E. My Life Steve Carley and our good friend Eric Marshik host, friend of, friend of the show. See who actually was actually was also editing this too. So. Shout out to Eric. Appreciate that, buddy. Thank you very much. And uh, we will be back for episode two, chronicling chapter two of... Actually, before we do that, why don't you explain what Concord Dawn is? No. Okay. That's it. We will see you for chapter two next time. Goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye.